You are listening to Justin C. Gleason. Please consider following and keeping this podcast playing in the background of your productive day. Give a five-star rating and support by giving through Cash App, PayPal, or Venmo at Justin C. Gleason. It's 2022, the year we prevail. Severe punishment comes to those who have known the Lord and turned away from Him and did those things. T.W. Barnes. And these people are in constant danger every time they breathe. Mm. Only a tiny little bit of mercy. That's right. Uh, Ever backslid homosexual. Mm. I mean now homosexual. That means lesbians too. Lesbians. Uh, there's only a little tiny, like a spider web, holding them out of hell. Mm. Just one little breath of God, and they're in hell. Because God hates it. He does. Man. You know, the late great prophet T.W. Barnes has been gone for some time now, but man, just that voice. I want to shut this down and run to the altar right now. Man, could he preach? He could preach with so much uh, conviction and even judgment, the good judgment that begins in the house of God, and judgment uh, that was righteous. He always preached love and hope no matter where he was, and people would come out of their pews and repent. Absolutely amazing. You know, that's the thing. I think with the outside world and with us at the church, when we talk about hell, they they think like we're talking like they do in the world when somebody says, go to hell. You know, somebody cuts you off in traffic and they they roll down their window and and extend their hand and uh, say hello to the bird and they say, go to hell. It's, It's an insult. It's like, I hate you. I want you to die. I want you to suffer. Well, when us Christians... Us oneness, spirit-filled believers, when we talk about hell, that's not what we're trying to say. We actually talk about hell not so you'll go to it, but so you can get out of it. It's the message of hope. It's the message of grace. I don't know what to do with these people. Their, their mantra has been, tell the truth in love. Tell the truth in love. Tell the truth in love. You know, anytime I hear somebody say that, people that say that, they never tell the truth. They avoid truth. They run away from truth, and everything is okay. What that's really code for is just love, and don't love not. Love everything. Love everything. Love LGBTQ. Love abortion. Love all this. Love all that. Tell the truth in love. What does that even mean? My Bible says the truth will make you free. (laughs) No matter if you hear it in love or hate or whatever, the truth, no matter what, will make you free. How are you going to talk about hell with a smile on your face? How are you going to do that? When it comes time to talk about hell and judgment, about the best emotion you're ever going to get out of somebody who really believes in it, really knows what they're talking about is tears. Now, we don't tell people, go to hell. No, we tell people, you are in danger of going to hell. The most judgment-free zone is not your uh, local fitness center uh, that's, that says we don't want men uh, 
screaming and yelling and throwing weights, saying, yeah, buddy, yeah, buddy, lightweight, peanut weight. <laughs> they don't want anybody to feel bad, you know, right? No, that's not the most judgment-free zones. The most judgment-free zone you are ever going to find is the church of the living God. You heard me, the church of the living God. It's the most judgment-free zone you are ever going to find in your life. The church is a judgment-free zone. It's not a warning-free zone. We're not judging anybody. We're warning people about the judgment of God, the true judge, the one in heaven. Look, I believe we should get along peaceably with everybody. And I got to tell you, the, the month of June is, is something that I, I don't exactly look forward to. I can't decide what's scarier for me personally. Is it Pride Month or Halloween season? <laughs> I mean, everywhere you go, the rainbows and then the flags and the and the the the, the nail polish and the the weird shirts and I mean, all this stuff. You know, look, there's a, there's a coffee shop that I like to go to. Been going to it for years, and there was this barista there for a long time, a girl, and obviously a girl. I mean, just a girl. Every every attribute about a woman, of course. I don't even, you know, we're having to like redefine that and explain that and give disclaimers to that because nowadays people don't even know what a woman is. What is a woman? That that thing. That's <laughs> I mean, Matt Wall. She's got a point there. What is a woman? And they can't answer it. But there was this clear woman, a lady, a girl, a barista there, and obviously a woman. The Lord had uh, enlarged her borders. Okay. Uh, a, a voluptuous gal. I don't know how else to say it. And uh, been ser- serving me coffee out of the drive-thru window for a long time. Well, I got to noticing her name went from a girl's name to a she-her. And then not too long after that, it went to a they-them. And not too long after that, it went to a him-her. She started thinking of herself as a man. Chopped her hair off. Trying to talk like a man. <laughs> And, and and a matter matter of fact, I think I accidentally misgendered her, him, it, they, whatever. During all of that, she got really upset with me. I can't help it. I don't know what to do. You know, you know the the transgender community needs to be patient with us. You know, they couldn't accept who they were they were at birth, and it's difficult for us to accept them now. Whoever they they are, you can't expect us to go along with it. I I don't know. A lot of us are pretending. We're pretending to go along. Uh, with uh, this uh, gender dysphoria or whatever gender uh, disorientation or sexual disorientation. I, you know, it's... But I didn't say anything. And you know what? Not too long ago, I went back to that uh, same coffee shop, and guess what? Her borders had been cut. Her borders had been removed. Her borders had been mastectomied. That's how serious she is about becoming a man, transgendering... Uh, into a man. I'm not trying to be funny. I am not trying to be mean. I'm just simply telling the truth clearly, and I guess lovingly. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It, I, but I look at that, and I'm thinking, okay, she has removed her bosoms to appear to look like a man, trying to deepen her voice to look like a man, chop her hair like a man, be a man. I'm looking at that thinking, you can change your name. You can cut off this. You can sew up this. You can change this. You're still a lady. I, I, I'm looking, but I've not judged her. I've not said a word. I'm just talking to you about it right here on the podcast. I don't know where else to talk about it. But I'm looking at that, wondering: Is this mentally healthy? Does that sound mentally sound to you? 
Uh, little boys growing up deciding, I don't want to be a boy. I, I want to mutilate my body and change my body to become a woman. Is that mentally healthy to you? It's not to me. You know what? I'm not going to stop it. I'm not going to argue because you know what? I don't want them harassing me, and I'm not going to harass them. I don't want them to be mean to me, and I'm not going to be mean to them. But I, I just... The world is the world, and the world does what the world does. But here in the house of God, here in the house of God, I know there have got to be people, even listening to this out there, probably people in your churches that struggle now with their sex, their gender, the male and female thing. They probably struggle with it. There's all kinds of trauma that can happen to somebody to make them not uh, feel any self-esteem or self-confidence in the way that God made them, their, their gender. And my solution to you, because I offer solutions, just like Tom Barnes, just like other great preachers, the solution is don't change your body, change your mind. That's what the Bible says. Be transformed in your mind. If you have a male body but you're thinking about being a woman, why change your body? Why not change your mind? God will help you with that. Pray about it. Talk to your pastor about it. Talk to maybe one other person that you trust that has wisdom. And I wouldn't recommend a good friend. I'd recommend maybe an elder, a sister in the church that has time uh, to, to talk with you, to help you, to pray with you, to uh, share your, your inner struggles and your burdens. That's how you get rid of all sin in your life. That's how you get rid of all chaos in your mind. That's what you do. You know what? I don't want them ruining my Christmas, although they did ruin my Christmas. Many of them, they want to shut down Christmas. I'm not out there trying to shut down Pride Month. We've got some flags and some stuff and some outspoken people in our neighborhood. Haven't done a thing. I've waved at them. I've been kind as can be, but I'm looking at all of this, and I'm like, I can only pretend that a woman can be a man. I can only pretend that a man could be a woman. This really is an attack on Genesis 1. That's what the principalities, the powers, the rulers of darkness, the spiritual host of wickedness in this age are doing. They're going back to attacking Genesis 1, trying to cut out the foundation of God's word. In the beginning, God made them male and female. That's it. Two sexes, two genders. God made them male and female. God made it that way. So when you are born as an act of creation, the reproductive seed that exists in mankind, you are either male and female. That's it. You are either male or female. You can't change that. Just like you can't change your race or your ethnicity. You can't do it, but people are trying to do it for years. And it's not working out for a lot of people. I'm telling you, I, man. If you want to be saved, you got to decide this, male or female. What did God give you? God sent a message to you with your physical anatomy. And I don't want to get any more in this. I already, I think I've kind of maybe perhaps uh, uh, approaching a line that's drawn here already talking about that, that barista. I try to keep this a very clean show, obviously. But yeah, all you got to do is look in the mirror, look at your body. You'll figure it out. What are you? And then make your brain uh, accept that. Make your brain happy with that. Now, I know that's a long process, but with the help of the Lord, and the strength of the Lord, you can do all things. You certainly can, including removing those uh, struggles and those temptations. I don't, I don't know what else to say about it. But if you want, guys, if you want to be a girl, I'm not going to stop you, man. I want to be apostolic, and I hope you won't stop me. 
<laughs> I, I just believe in that type of freedom and that type of liberation. But for those who want to repent and those who want to be saved, you've got to, in your mind, be transformed and get back to a sound mind and a sound way of thinking about yourself. I'm serious. Change your mind. You'll save yourself tons of money. You'll save yourself from sexual mutilation. Just change your mind. I realize it won't happen overnight. It'll be a process. It'll probably be a battle that you have until Jesus comes. But, oh, it'll be worth it because ultimately God is going to give us a glorified body and make us all new. So you know what? Push through those struggles. Keep your flesh in subjection and do with what God and li- do and live what God said is right. Yeah, but yeah, they're after Genesis 1, trying to cut out the, the foundation and per- tear it apart. They don't want man to leave his mother and father. How many guys do you know out there? Grown men. I'm talking about, you know, I lived in my parents' house till I was 27. I thought about moving out, but my mom said, just, you can move out if you want, but it'd probably be better if you uh, didn't move out alone. Why don't you move out when you get married? <laughs> and so, and then that's what I did. And I was 27 when I got married. 27 when I got married. But I'm talking about guys my age. I'm 39 years old. There are guys my age living in their mama's basement. Now, in some cases, it's it's actually good. You know, they're paying their mother rent. They're all saving money. Some people are making, you know, it's just a good thing. But I'm talking about guys that are just bums. No job. In the basement, playing video games, smoking pot, and watching porn. <laughs> they're not leaving their mother and father anytime soon. They are a bum. They're actually uh, waiting waiting for their parents to die so they can take their house and take the money and have the estate and not work a job a day in their life. But the Bible says a man should leave his father and mother and go get a wife. That's what the Bible says to do. Now, obviously, there's some people that are, like Paul mentioned, they're, uh, they operate in their calling, like a uh, called to be single for a season in time or for the rest of their life. There's obviously all of that. I get that. But really, this is an attack on the family. A man shall not leave his father and father. A man shall not leave his mother and mother. No, he leaves a father and mother, bringing, brought up, living together with father and mother, <laughs> or father figure and mother figure, something like that, right? But that's how people are born. It's through father and mother, and you leave that and you take a wife. But they're coming against that. They changed marriage. They're changing family. They're changing gender. They're changing all of these things, and us here are clinging on to our Bible. <laughs> and trying to do it right because we love God and believe in God, and that's the life that we want uh, to live. Genesis says, go forth and multiply couples. Well, they're trying to attack that. I've been doing it with abortion, but hey, what am I seeing now in the news here? I haven't been following the news in the past uh, month and a half or so. I I just needed a mental break, but I'm getting sucked back into it. It looks like uh, Roe v. Wade is going to be overturned. How about that? I think I've talked about that. I need to go through the archives. I'm pretty sure the Lord revealed that to me a long time ago that that would happen. I need to go back and look in the journals. I don't know. But I always suspected that that, uh, that was coming. It is very unconstitutional. You know, more power to the states, right? I hope we go that way. I'm, I'm starting to uh, really, really get into these libertarian uh, political ideas a lot more. But, hey, this is a, this is a good thing. Uh, having times and laws in your favor as the church is, is a good thing, so let's not argue about it. But uh, So what have you been doing during Pride Month? What have you been doing? I've just been living as normal, taking care of me, 
taking care of my family, loving God, loving people, doing everything I can. I haven't been, I can't, I can't say I've been that proactive to be anti-LGBTQ, anything. I haven't. Why? I don't want them to be anti-me. You do you, I do me, whatever. But if I see an open door, I certainly will talk to somebody, and I have. A lot of people that have had these struggles help them repent. Now, that's what we do to not go to hell, but to avoid hell, to escape hell. We warn people about it, right? But I, I think a lot of us are scared and wondering, what are we going to do to save this world? Well, Jesus uh, said, you know, his, his word, his message, people are desperate to hear it. You will grow if you speak it. Uh, the church, churches that uh, teach Bible studies, constantly reaching out with the word and have the capacity to hold revival, they keep it. They have it. Their churches pop. Right? I, I remember this. For some of you that feel like you're not getting anywhere, you're trying your hardest, remember this. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah and Lot, so will it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Noah built an ark was a preacher of righteousness. Did he convert anybody outside of his family? Nope, sure didn't. Matter of fact, he truly didn't even convert all his family. We we talked about this in a previous episode. Ham, Ham, after seeing the judgments of God, after seeing the world destroyed by a flood, still sinned with his own father in his tent while he was drunk. (laughs) I mean, look at Noah, built an ark, couldn't save the world. You look at Lot, sat at the gates of his own city, and he wasn't gay like most of Sodom, but he was a leader and he was promoted, but even in a political position, could not even turn that city. These preachers out there that say, we got to get into politics, we got to get into politics. Uh, In my opinion, preachers make terrible politicians. (laughs) But don't let me stop you, man. But I don't, I don't I think you can be a better influence on your community as a preacher than a politician. You get into politics, you got to be politically correct. <laughs> You're a preacher, you got to be biblically correct. So that's just my opinion. But Lot I couldn't turn the city as a politician, could not even do it. He could not even do it. But uh, y'all, don't worry. I know right now it seems like pride and everything's going their way. You just watch. It got really intense and really serious back in the 60s and the 70s. And I mean, I've heard a lot of the preaching, read a lot of the books. They were really worried that the gay community was just going to take over everything. Well, then uh, disease and sickness hit them. HIV. Sure did. Now, I'm not uh, prepared to start slandering and, and, and mocking. No, I'm not. It's actually not funny at all. But I mean, yeah, I get it. You, AIDS is here and there. HIV is there, here and there, everywhere. But it primarily, come on, facts, statistics. It's in the gay community. You don't believe me? What about these commercials for all these STD medications? Right? You've seen them. Who are there? Who are the actors promoting those uh, those drugs to prevent uh, STDs? It's always a gay guy, a bisexual woman, or a drag queen. That's who's always promoting it. You don't never see a man and a woman, a husband and a wife, an organic man, an organic woman, and their kids talking about, I tried this medication, and lo and behold, my herpes is gone. I've controlled my HIV. No, it's always a gay man uh, uh, up there twirling around, talking and, and spinning around you know, with his headphones on and listening to weird music. And, and this medicine, I guess, has saved his life. So, yeah, you have gay and trans people on there promoting that medicine. Why? Because those, those STDs are a problem in their community. 
And and I'm glad they got the medicine. I I certainly want these diseases to go away. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. But it, it did slow their agenda down. And I think just as as I've just looked through patterns in history, other things are going to come to slow them down. And they might reconsider uh, their ways. I just believe in, in the family, the nuclear family, husbands and wives. It's what the backbone of civilization was built on. Husbands and wives bringing children into the world. I mean, if, as, as gay as a person can be, if you're listening to this, did you get here through gay sex? No, you got here through heterosexual sex. I mean, even if you believe in evolution, which I don't, even if you believe in evolution, man on man cannot produce, it cannot replenish the earth. Women on women, it can't do it. You got here through heterosexualism, you evolutionists. That's the survival of the fittest. That's how we reproduce. That's how we keep going. That's how we keep civilization alive. It's natural. It's nature, right? Yeah, a lot of laws, a lot of culture has changed to suggest otherwise. I am not going that route. I believe in marriage between a husband and a wife. There's nothing better than it. Guys, let me tell you, there's nothing better than marrying the woman you love and having children with her. It is so fulfilling. It is so joyful. And if you want that, you desire that, you can come out of whatever lifestyle you are in and find that. God will give it to you. It's one of the easiest things for God to give you. And he wants to give it to you. It's what he built the Bible on. Man leaving the father and mother taking to him a wife, cleaving to her, and becoming a family. It's as simple as that. But you had cities like Sodom that suggested otherwise, changed laws, changed culture. Lot was in the middle of it all, and the outcry of Sodom came up to God. And God sent angels down to observe and to make a judgment and a decision. And those angels walked into the city, and the only person to show them any kindness was Lot. You want to know why Lot was called righteous? He was righteous because he offered hospitality to angels. He offered hospitality to angels. He was deemed righteous. That's right. I know I've heard some preachers say, I don't know how Lot was righteous. He offered his daughters to those perverts. Well, yeah. uh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, you don't do that under a normal circumstance. I never would. Oh, my God, it's gross. It's evil. But he had to protect God's angels. And in a moment of desperation, what else is he supposed to offer? Thankfully, the daughters were safe and fine. Uh, the angels wouldn't allow that. But those angels were under the care of Lot, and that's why he was deemed righteous, because he showed kindness. He entertained strangers that were angels unaware, which is a New Testament practice, by the way. You know what it says in Matthew 25? You know, you, you came and saw me when I was in prison and when I was hungry, when I was naked, when I was thirsty, all of those things. And a lot, a lot of people take that and say, oh, maybe you've got to have homeless ministries and prison ministries. You know, minister to everybody. Minister to the poor, minister to the rich, uh, minister to the free, minister to the bound. you got to minister to everybody, of course. And I do that. I do that. I may have a different uh, philosophy and approach to, in some situations than other people. We've talked about that. But in all reality, Matthew 25, it's talking about the angels of heaven. It says Jesus will sit on the throne and the angels with him. And he will test people. You will be tested. Angels will be a witness of your kindness. They will be a witness one day of who and what you were. And I believe I've passed the test. I remember 
I was uh, I was dating Sister G at the time, and I, I I pulled up to the gas pump, and I'm filling my car up, and all of a sudden this man appeared out of nowhere, just appeared out of nowhere, and I looked into his eyes, and his eyes sparkled, and he said, "Sir, could I borrow some gas money from you, please? I'm running late for work. I have a big assignment to do. I'd like to get there on time, and I don't have a wallet. I don't have a wallet. I'd have no right way to pay, and I I just looked at him and. Before then and to this day, I've never had anybody ask me for gas money at the pump like that, a complete stranger. And I said, bro, absolutely. I'll get you to work. So I went over, and at that time, I filled up his tank for like 17 bucks. I said, have a good day. I walked back to my car, turned around. The guy is gone. Car is gone. <laughs> I'm tell- It was an angel of the Lord coming to test me at that moment. And one day... When I stand before God, that angel will appear and say, Justin Gleason showed me hospitality when I needed it. That's what that's about, and that's what Lot did. That's why he was saved. That's why he had an opportunity to be saved. Man, and I'm giving you an opportunity to be saved. God hates sin. He's always hated it, and his law has never changed. Repent and be saved. Come out of the gay lifestyle. Come out of the lesbian lifestyle. I know we don't expect you to be perfect. We don't. We know you're going to struggle. But with the help of the preached word of God, the help of worship, the help of those altar calls, the help of good, godly, Christian love and fellowship, you can come out of it and be righteous. You can come through it all. I mean, think about it. You weren't born that way. You were recruited that way. The LGBTQ community, they can't reproduce. They're looking into cloning. That's what's next, right? Yeah, they can't reproduce. That's why they recruit. They recruit through porn. They recruit through molestation. They recruit through laws and the changing of culture. But I'm seeing a shift coming, and God is coming back. I want you to know I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth because God loves you, and I love God, and therefore I love you. The Justin C. Gleason Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Please leave a five-star rating and a great review. Contact me at justincgleason at gmail.com. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Justin C. Gleason. And share this episode with your friends. We're taking the genre of religion and spirituality to another level. some of them there's more beards in there than they are out in the street i'm gonna tell you something mm. facial hair is not apostolic Ooh. however you want to cut it it's compromise compromise i don't care if your leader says you can wear a beard leader honey. beard's nothing more than pride you're not gonna be dipped in holy ghost oil hmm. and run around looking like the world hmm your people we don't need beards. We need more oil. We need more Joe Ashes. We need more people in an altar. We need more prayer rooms. We need more people digging into the things of God. You can look in the recipe of anointing. You'll never find beards, Brother Epley. You want oil, baby? You got to cook baby. that recipe. You got to make sure you go back to the book. Uh, <laughs> Man. Sort of speechless here. 
A lot of people have been talking about this situation. Uh, another preacher, actually a good preacher, got a good voice, got good things to say, good, uh, good, good everything. At a recent camp meeting, the preacher's name is Buxton, Brother Buxton. I've never met Brother Buxton, and I never even heard of him until this clip started floating around on social media. I've never met him, and I usually don't try to be critical of people I've never met, but, I mean, it's public. He wanted everybody to hear it, so, and everybody's talking about it. I've gotten uh, questions about it, I, so I thought, you know what, I might as well <laughs> talk about it here. Look, do I have a beard right now? No, I don't. I got up and shaved this morning. I've never had a full-grown beard, never has. You know, that's, I go to an apostolic church. I'm apostolic. My dad has been clean-shaven uh, for, forever. My dad's never had a beard, a mustache, or a goatee. Uh, our platform, for the most part, our standard is clean-shaven. So that's where I'm coming from. I get it. But not every man in our church is clean-shaven. A lot of them have beards. Good-looking beards, matter of fact. But look, I, I, I get it. Look, I, I'm going to try to be nice here. I'm going to try to tell the truth in love. Right? Look, I understand. Various cultures, men shave their face. You look at statues, right, from the Roman era. The Romans didn't have beards. They were clean-shaven, right? You look at uh, the British Empire, the pictures, you know, a lot of them were clean-shaven. And then here in America, they, you know, men are uh, clean-shaven for a long time in history, right? Even even like uh, there's other organizations out there that want men to be clean-shaven that aren't even apostolic, not even Pentecostal, like the Yankees, the Major League Baseball team. I think you can only have a small mustache, if that. Otherwise, you've got to be clean-shaven. No goatee, no handlebars, nothing. Only a mustache, I think. I can't remember. I don't have time to look it up. But you got to be clean-shaven, okay? But where I'm kind of like, huh? Uh, Buxton said, what? It's when he's saying the anointing and a beard don't go hand-in-hand. Hand. It's not in the book. Beards and the oil and the anointing don't go hand-in-hand. Hand. And I'm like, wait a minute. I thought I read somewhere in the Bible that beards and the anointing go hand-in-hand. Hand. And actually, I found it. Look, okay, in the Old Testament, you got to understand this. Mainly, men were not allowed to bring a razor on their face or their head at all. Right? Oh, you don't believe me? Oh, yeah, it's in there. Look at it. It's in Leviticus. You could not mar the corners of your beard. You could not mar the corners of your beard. And I know there's some uh, uh, Jewish groups out there that believe you could never cut your sideburns and they got those locks hanging down. I don't think that's what that's talking about. I don't agree with that. What I mean by that is you could not... Uh, disturb the natural border. God was really into borders back then. Uh, you couldn't disturb a landmark like a land border. Once you set a property down and you set a landmark on that line, you could never encroach or trespass upon somebody's property. And I think God back then wanted his people to obey their borders, so God gave men natural borders uh, with their beards and their hairlines. And, and Moses commanded the people, you shall never disturb the border of your beard. Not that you can't cut your beard. They would groom their beard and they would cut their hair. You know, men didn't walk around uh, looking like an 80s metal rock star, right? They cut their hair. Now, obviously, it's a little longer probably than mine. They didn't have the, the hair clippers that we have nowadays, but they didn't wear long hair for it was shameful in their culture still to this day. But they would, uh, they, they would not shave their beards. They could not put no razor on their face to mar the corners of their beards. So no uh, goatees, no mustaches. No handlebars, no a soul patch. It's in Leviticus 19.27. You shall not shave around the sides of your head, nor shall you disfigure the edges of your beard. 
Okay, so I, you know, this idea that all men were clean shaven, that Moses was clean shaven, I don't think so. Not based upon that. Okay, well, it gets even deeper than that. Okay, uh, he, he, he says, You won't find beards in the anointed. Well, what about Psalm 133? The Bible says, Behold, and how good, how good, and how pleasant it is. For brethren, not sister, and brethren, the bearded men, to dwell together in unity. And that's the truth. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. <laughs> you look at rabbinical tradition about this. What happened is when Aaron was anointed, the oil flowed down his head and into his beard. Men had beards back then. They just did. And, and that oil flowed into the beard, and according to rabbinical tradition, it says that two droplets of oil came down at the end of that long beard, came down, and then all of a sudden came back up. The two drops of oil stayed in the beard. The, the anointing never left Aaron's beard. It was always there. And I've, I've got some, a lot of information somewhere in my files about beards and stuff like that. One of, one of the things that's interesting about the rabbis, they teach we have long beards because it's symbolic for us to have our mind and our heart connected and our mouth and our heart connected, to always be connected, to have a, a love for God and a connection in our heart, mind, and soul and strength and all of that. And, and a lot of them actually say women don't cut their hair to, to keep a connection between their mind and body. How about that? How about that? <laughs> Come on. Come on, somebody podcast. But yeah, beard was a connection between the mind and heart because usually men struggle with a connection between their mind and their heart. Their heart knows what's right, but their mind says no. And then women sometimes have a, a struggle with disconnection between their mind and their body. Their mind knows what needs to be done, but the body wants something different, and their long hair is symbolic of keeping it all connected. <sighs> My Lord. But yeah, Buxton's up there saying there ain't nothing in there. About a beard and the anointing. Well, the Bible says that Aaron, when he was anointed to be a priest, to offer the sacrifices, to come into the temple and go beyond the veil, <laughs> had an oily beard. So that statement was biblically inaccurate, not doctrinally sound. But look, I get it. It's apostolic culture. You know why apostolic preachers and a lot of Baptist and Reformed preachers Started preaching against beards back in the 60s. You know why? Because every man was clean shaven. Every man was clean shaven. Good husbands, good fathers, respectable businessmen at the bank, good men that built America, uh, uh, World War I and World War II veterans, presidents, mayors, bankers, all of them had a clean shaven face. It was the, the way to look clean and kept. And I believe in looking clean and, and kept. You ever notice a guy with uh, disheveled hair? He usually has a disheveled soul. A guy who is unclean and unkept. There's usually something going on in his heart. That's right. I know when I'm stressed when I look around and my car is filthy. I haven't cleaned my car in a while. I'm like, I'm stressed out. There's something wrong in me. And I get my heart right. And sure enough, I want to go clean up my car. And I've seen this with guys that don't take care of their clothing and their shoes and their hair and stuff like that. It is symbolic of being uh, struggling on the inside, okay? The hippie movement, people were disturbed on the inside. They didn't want jobs. They wanted drugs. They didn't want a family. They wanted sex, man, free sex. If it feels good, do it, man. Do it in the road, man. Yeah, they didn't want that. They didn't want a family. They wanted sex here, sex there, sex everywhere. Do it in the road, man, and lots of drugs, man. 
They didn't want jobs. They didn't want to make money. They wanted to share, man. Share, man. Yeah, just so long as it was your stuff being shared. But what did the guys have to have? Well, a beard. Who's got time to get shaving cream and a blade? Grow the beard, man. And that beard, when you had it, meant you were a pot-smoking hippie. That meant you would uh, you you would fornicate, commit adultery, whatever, with about uh, six or seven uh, women. And maybe a few men would slip in there and they wouldn't even know it. They'd be so high. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I mean, who's calling me? Can't take your phone call now. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, so the beard, beard was the staple of a hippie, and if you had that, that's what you did. Well, uh, uh, we don't believe in being sluggards in the apostolic church. We don't believe in being a bum. You get off the street and you get an education, you become employable and you work. We don't fornicate. We get wives. We don't commit adultery. We remain faithful to our wives. We didn't do anything hippie. So the preacher said. If you want to be apostolic, you got to look apostolic. So don't look like a pot-smoking bum hippie. Shave your beard. Okay, well, the hippie movement uh, died, as a lot of these sinful trends do. A lot of things that things that are just on, out of God, they just fall apart. They do. Well, it's been trying to resurrect itself uh, in, the, in a different form of hippiness. It's, it's, I call them the Obama hippies. <laughs> it's a little more sophisticated, but, you know, you're good, I'm good, everybody's good. Uh, share, man. Love, man. You're okay. I'm okay. It's okay, man. You know <laughs> that type of thing. And all is equal, and all is fair. All of that, all that nonsense, right? So I get why ap- uh, apostolic preachers preached against beards because of what it identified with. I, I I totally get that. You know, back in the day, if you had an earring in your right ear in the in the early '90s, I remember that you were gay. You were as gay as can be. Well, I don't think that's the way they do it anymore. Now they have uh, they like to paint uh, their like their their ring finger and their pinky finger on their left hand pink, and, and you're gay, or maybe that's a sign you're you're a drag queen on the side. I don't know, but there's things that that come up that if you dress like it, you identify with it, and I get it. Preach against that. Well, nowadays you can have a beard and not be a hippie. I think, okay, right. Uh, but but uh, so I don't understand that. So yeah, it's in the Bible. It's there. Anointing and beards do go hand in hand in the Bible, so we got to correct ourselves on, on on that. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people distraught over this message and, and upset at the Apostolic Church, and we're here to kind of clarify a few things and maybe straighten out a few things. And you know what? I haven't heard the whole message. I don't know what was all said, but I'm only going off the clip, right? That's what I think about. It. But another thing that's kind of uh, made one eyebrow go up is the, is that 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 honey and that baby, that honey and that baby in the Apostolic Church, honey and baby. Uh, do men need to be calling other men honey and baby? <laughs> that sounds too apostolic to me. <laughs> that honey and that baby. If I'm talking to another dude, I'm not calling him honey. Honey? Baby? Uh, not a chance. So um, I'm not sure what was going on there, but that didn't sound too apostolic to me. But I tell you, one thing, I, I, I did like the, the the slam in the hands on the pulpit. <laughs> so, there was guys in the audience doing that. Come on! Preach against the bears. <laughs> I love that. And you know what? That church down there, you know where it is in Arkansas? That's actually a phenomenal church. The Holmes are great people. And you may not know this, but uh, I'm related to the Holmes through marriage. Right. One of my great uncles uh, married one of the Holmes' great aunts. So <laughs> I actually love the Holmes, and I love that church. It's great. They got a lot of great preaching there. It's actually a great camp meeting. But this, this portion here... Saying that uh, that the anointing and beards don't go hand in hand, the Bible says it does. 
All right, but I tell you a part that really, uh, really upset me. He's, he got going on. Your leaders, if your leaders say your leaders, well, we know who he's talking about. Come on, uh, you know why be so vague? Why be so passive aggressive? You know who he's talking about our bishop of the United Pentecostal Church, David Bernard. David K. Bernard, who has a phenomenal podcast, you need to subscribe to and become a loyal listener. Did a phenomenal piece on beards. You know what he said? I go fishing uh, every year out in Colorado, and I, I don't shave for like a week and a half, and I get a beard, okay? <laughs> and then he said, I've always allowed facial hair in my church because I can't biblically, by biblical law, preach against it, right? And then you have Anthony Mangan, Bishop Mangan down there, Pastor Gentry down there. Let their men grow their hair out and their beards out a little bit uh, to look like a, a first-century Galilean in their, in their passion play. And Buxton's up there, your leaders, your leaders, coming against the leaders. Well, it says in Psalms, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell in unity. And you know what he's trying to do? I, I think he's trying to break up the unity is what's going on there. I mean, it's, it's the spirit of disunity is what I feel is going on in this message, going after the leaders, challenging people to challenge their pastor on this. So uh, I, did, I definitely uh, didn't hear a whole lot of truth here. I definitely didn't feel a whole lot of love. You know what? I th- I, th- I think uh, Brother Buxton uh, I- I got up there with the spirit of hate, to be honest with you. He was uh, hate, hate, hating your leaders, baby, honey. Your leaders, baby, honey. The beards, all of that. You know what? He got up that morning and had scruff on his face, a sinful face full of a beard. Buxton did. And you know what? In my opinion, he shaved the best part of himself off that morning, and it went down the drain. That beard, all that was boiled down, uh, that night was his hate, his hatred for uh, your leaders, right? So I hope that uh, clears it up for you on uh, some of this. <laughs> uh, if you've got issues, if this has offended you, why don't you play it back again and let it offend you some more? 